The following program contains comic mischief commonly found in PG-rated family-friendly films. It does not necessarily represent the values of this station. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. That's M-A-G-I podcast.com. Chapter 1, Scheduled Maintenance. Okay, uh, microphone is on. Wait, is the microphone on? Sibilance, sibilance, sibilance. Yeah, okay. Uh, check. Here we go. This is new for me. I'm always stuck in the little office. <laughs> Usually it's Paul or, or Moses doing these podcasts. Sorry, it's just kind of cool. I'll, I'll try to keep it professional. Okay, okay. So I'm supposed to detail any unusual time anomalies with a full report. Uh, this is Senior Agent Michael speaking. I, I'm sitting here in the Heavenly Archives office right now looking at some pretty extensive video footage, but hold on. Unless there's a camera. Maybe? Is this a camera? No? No. Okay. Just the sound. Okay, I got it. I got it. So I'm going to... How, how should I do this? I'm going to hit play on this video I've cut together and describe what's happening as best as I can as, as we listen. Does that work? Can we submit that as a report? Great. That's what we'll do then. Okay. Hopefully we, we can stop this kind of thing from happening again in the future. That's the idea, right? Got it. Okay. Uh, I'm pressing play. So a man in a hooded jacket slinks down a dark alleyway, making sure nobody's following him. He traces his hand along a brick wall and presses one of the bricks. It clicks into the stonework and is replaced by a high-tech scanner. He holds up an ID card that reads Angel's Time Division, Agent John. Uh, for your records, it's the year 2216. Why was Samson the best comedian in the Bible? Because <sighs> he brought the house down. Remind me to change that secret code, now that everyone's heard it. So the brick wall opens up, he steps inside, and the brick wall closes behind him. The man removes his hood, and we meet steely-eyed Special Agent John. Hey, are you guys adding music to this thing? Because I was thinking you could have some ominous horns swelling up at this part to signify... I, I just thought that it would add... Okay, no, no, I, I get it. Honestly, it would probably be some lumbering tuba music on account of what he... Right, sorry. On with the... <clears throat> Finding himself in a shiny white hallway, John shakes off the rain and removes his jacket, revealing a white and blue leather jumpsuit underneath. Standard issue to all Time Division angels. Well, the field agents. I'm more of a Lycra guy myself, but that's personal. Anyway, <laughs> he's got a chrome sphere hanging from his utility belt. Standard issue as well, about the size of an orange. He's also carrying a tattered satchel, which is, and I, I can't stress this enough, not standard issue. Not the proper grade of leather and completely clashes with the white and blue motif we worked so hard to... Okay, okay, wow, you guys aren't much fun at all, are you? So he strides the hallway, passing doors to other divisions. Department of Seraphim, Department of Cherubim, Choir Practice, 
And finally, he stops in front of a door that reads, Time Division. Time Division, how may I direct your call? One moment. Uh, hey. Hey, Azo. <laughs> Busy night, huh? They're the only two people in there. John thinks he's being cute. No, it's Christmas Eve. Hey, think fast. Ah! He just tossed her the dented <laughs> chrome ball from his utility belt. She caught it, but I, I just wish he'd be more careful. We're about to meet the Time Division supervisor. Who is that enigmatically handsome yet warmly approachable figure of unmistakable ascendancy? Is that the ghost of James Dean? Oh, I know. It's yours truly, Michael. Though I understand how you could confuse... Huh? I mean, from a distance, I, I think you could easily... What do you mean, unibrow? At any rate, it's a pretty thankless job, if I'm being honest, but I digress. Entering my office, John gets right in my way as I'm trying to leave for the night. See there, he, he just leans against the doorframe. He's always doing stuff like that, like he owns the place. Ah, oh, please, not now, John. Why aren't you... I need another orb. Don't you know what day it is? I've earned it. L listen, I'm never going to be one of the great angels of history if you don't give me a chance. Spare me the sad violins, John. We're a harp kind of people. But I did read your proposal. Font size, by the way, was all wrong. Ten or twelve next time. Eleven is, is so lukewarm. You know how he feels about lukewarm. Nice bag, by the way. Where'd you get it? Uh, uh, on uh, a mission. And you know our policy about oh, that. Come on. Let, let me keep this one. Just look at this stitching. It messes with the timeline, John. Return it. So, the, the proposal? I read it. We got David, little boy. Dad walks out before the holidays. Very compelling stuff. Mike, he's not just any kid. If anyone deserves a Christmas miracle, it's him. At this point, I produce a brand new chrome sphere for my desk drawer. You can't see the look on John's face, but he's incredibly hopeful. We're angels, John, not genies. Our actions are calculated. One tiny detail gets altered and everything about history could change. It's our job to prevent that from happening. <laughs> I've returned every orb you've assigned me. Just like Gabriel and Great angels of history. I know you're a regular Boy Scout. This is Michael. John tries to grab the orb, but I swat his hand. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm not a field agent, but I've got some game. Yeah, yes, sir. I just thought... Of course. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, too. All right. Your op is approved. All right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. boy, Mike. One condition. What? Do one quick job for me on the way. It's just scheduled maintenance in and Mike, out. Mike, uh, don't you usually give these routine ops to Biggs? You're the only angel in the field today, John. Here, take one of our new maintenance orbs along. Maintenance orbs? Is, is this like that special... Master orb that that you never use? I haven't no. This works just like a regular orb. So how's it different? This one is for maintenance. You just said it works like a regular one. No, this one is for maintenance. So it's redundancy. Think of it as a double portion. <sighs> Exiting the office, John sticks one of the time orbs into that unauthorized satchel of his, while giving the other one a gleeful toss into the air. Heading out again? Just like that. Merry Christmas. Oh, I'll be back soon. John begins twisting the glowing orb like a Rubik's Cube. Oh, he's done this hundreds of times before. A large pulsing button juts out from the orb and he presses it. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. 
Hey guys, this is Julia from the band Lightheart. If you're looking for new Christmas music to enjoy with friends and family this year, you can find our all-original full-length Christmas album at lightheartmusic.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-H-A-R-T music.com. Or on any streaming service such as Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks and have a Merry Christmas. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. So now we're in the year 2018. This is David, age 10. He's a reticent boy alone at a table playing his Nintendo Switch. That's a handheld video game, by the way. If you're a kid in 2018, you want a Nintendo Switch, and it's clear that David doesn't get toys like this often. Hey, don't fall asleep on me. It's still 10 hours to Grandpa's. Come on. This is Katie, David's frazzled mom, who's running on coffee and only coffee. Eat. What do you think Dad's doing right now? Well, he said he wanted to make his life more meaningful, so maybe, maybe now it is. Think we're going to be okay? (sighs) We're going to be okay, if we can get to Grandpa's. He'll know what to do. Hey, think I can hit that garbage pail? Don't do it. Your aim is as bad as mine, and you're probably going to hit that... Ow. (laughs) Time to go. Hey... (laughs) I told you! (laughs) Now you obviously can't see this, but John the Angel is watching them from behind the drive-thru menu as Katie and David exit the restaurant. There you are, right where I left you. It would look very creepy and unsettling if anyone noticed him and didn't realize that he's an angel from heaven and an emissary of the Most High God, but, but that's neither here nor there. No one sees John and he's a good guy. Just a little thick in my opinion. David, I, I know it's not easy to, it's not simple with your dad. If you want to talk about it, we can. I'm okay, Mom. Just wait, kid. This will be like no Christmas you have ever experienced. When the car is far enough down the road, John comes out from hiding. Ugh, I know, I know. See, see how he responds when his supervisor sends him a text? Don't forget about the scheduled maintenance. He twists the orb again and the same glowing button juts out. This is where it gets juicy. So I'm going to use my action voice. John finds himself between two tall structures in the ancient Middle Eastern city of Jerusalem. This is the year... Zero. Never get used to this heat. Stop that thief! His gaze sweeps up in time to see a woman leap across the roofs above him. This is Baz, a feisty, spirited young woman with a thirst for adventure. She gets her bearings on an ancient flat roof and scans her surroundings like a feline on the hunt. Can you hear that I'm, I'm, making, I'm making cat paws with my hands as I say that? Picture it. It'll help with the action feel. Feline on the hunt. See what I mean? Feline. As we are going to be late. 
I do not know why she always insists on being the hero. Baz bolts to the roof's edge and leaps down from a rooftop, coiling briskly on the top of a farmer's cart before springing herself into the middle of the street. She finds herself face to face with a muscled, mean, and menacing thief. Out of my way, girl! A peasant and his young daughter catch up with the thief and watch with concern, eyeing a sack of coins in his hands. A small crowd gathers as the confrontation comes to a boil. Hey, this is getting exciting, right? Give back what you stole, and I'll let you go. The thief puts his dukes up, ready for a fight. <laughs> this should be fun. On a dime, she rolls at his feet and sweeps his legs, catching the stolen sack of coins as the thief is thrown onto his back. Sweet, Towards right? the back of the crowd, we're about to meet Baz's colleagues. You've got Mel, a by-the-book scholar with a superiority complex. He is going to make us late. See what I mean? And Casper, a wise old-timer with a pretty great beard. It's just some exercise in the sun. Let the girl have her fun. Baz pulls the thief's tunic over his head, spins him around, and gives him a light kick in the behind. Eager to not be humiliated further, the thief flees. Taking a modest bow, Baz brushes herself off and then offers the sack of coins to the peasant and his daughter. She is the hero Jerusalem deserves. I believe this is yours. Whoa, that was so awesome! The young daughter runs off, imitating Baz's moves. With a grateful nod to Baz, her father runs after her. Casper, you see that? Casper offers a commending nod. Why, he's her biggest fan. Baz, please just tell me why you can't take this seriously. It took us five years to map the stars in the eastern sky. We are here to report to the king, not play superhero in the streets. And here, please, stop making me hold your purse. It's a satchel and a pretty special one. Just look at the stitching. And Mel, I'm sorry, okay? How am I the only one who thinks staring at the stars for the sole purpose of predicting the weather is actually incredibly boring? At least with the prophecy, there's the some... last time, we are not reporting on the prophecy. I wish I had not even uncovered this stupid thing. <laughs> but... No, listen to me. It's of no consequence at all if the king will just have us killed for even reporting it. Ah, uh, Buzz... You were chosen by the Magi. Never forget that. Discerning the future from the stars is a great honor. And that's why you should keep doing it, Mel. Keep reading the stars to your heart's content. Me? I want to make my own future. Baz enters the castle with a flourish, leaving Mel and Casper alone. Was I that infuriating during her age? Can't blame an intrepid young heart for exploring. But you, no, you were always this boring. After these messages, Magi and the Quest for Christmas will be right back. Hey everybody, it is Seth, the DM for Cheaper by the Dungeon, and we are a D&D 5th edition podcast. Uh, our whole deal for our campaign currently is kind of treasure hunter themed. Uh, the players Normandy, Zippy, and Darian are looking for a grand treasure. But at the same time, they'll probably screw it up and do whatever they want and become like farmers or something. Uh, either way, it'll be a fun time. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, which is like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any other ones I'm missing, which is probably a lot. But anyways, we just like to have fun, hang out, and... Uh, screw up my DMing and plans. So so if you like that, tune in. Uh, 
we release every kind of other Tuesday. So hopefully uh, come in and check our show out. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. The ornate throne room is quite a spectacle to behold. The walls are lined with squads of guards armed with swords. The three magi, Baz, Mel, and Casper, stand respectfully in a row before the throne where King Herod slouches. I'm the best, I'm the greatest, I'm the king, yeah. The stars show strong rain throughout the year. Ah, straighten your tunic. Figs, grapes, and olives will yield well. Oh, a really good year for fish. <laughs> Patrick, the king's square-jawed aide, takes notes at an ornate desk with a quill on parchment. He yawns. I don't really blame him. This is truly boring stuff. You could say the land will flow with milk, but not honey. <laughs> um, Israel is safe and your throne is secure. Ow! Tell him. Your throne is secure. Hey, hey, your throne is secure. Love it. You guys are great. You know why? You never give me any bad news. Also, love the beard, guy. Really do. Casper strokes his beard. His beard is amazing, and he knows it. As the guards move to escort the Magi out, Baz pulls Mel and Casper in for a sidebar. You have to say something. Not if we want to keep our heads. The only reason I'm still doing this job is because of that star. Let's go. I'll go crazy if I don't... Your Highness. Mel immediately steps in front of Baz. Uh, there is one more thing. Shut it, Baz. Are you guys still here? The ancient texts revealed a prophecy which tells of a secret star. We discovered this star on our travels, and it is said that it will lead to a child king, a messiah from the Most High. I care about a stupid messiah? Newsflash! I'm King Herod the Great! How about you stick to reporting the weather, okay? Seeing how nobody cares about anything else you do outside of that one stupid simple job. Get these losers out of here. Wait, just- See you in another five years, toots. The Magi are thrown into the dirt by a squad of guards (laughs) stirring up a cloud of dust. One of the guards tosses three tiny sacks of coins back at them. The king thanks you for your service. Real inspiring. I thought you handled that well. You shut it, okay? You are lucky we're not dead. But we're not dead. Feet like wings messenger service. Message for Balthazar of Arabia. That's me. You're a girl. Yes, I'm a girl. Balthazar can be a girl's name. Hmm, says who? Do you have a message for me or not? Ah, yes. This came for you. Maybe it's from a boy. As Baz takes the parchment, a crowd of fanatical peasants rushes the plaza and swarms around Mel. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Baz opens her parchment to the side and grows quite glum as she reads. Mel's fans hold out parchment and quills to him and he scrawls quick autographs. Ah, you see, Baz? 
Uh, people are starved for the wisdom in this star. Casper interrupts by pointing to Baz, sitting to the side, alone and despondent. It is true that the drought killed a large portion of them, but you know, I'm just staying faithful. I got into Magi Master College. It says I'm expected to accept this honor. Looks like I don't get to make my own future after all. Sad, isn't it? Such a spirited girl, such a promising future, such a conspicuous satchel. But let's jump over to Herod's study for a moment so you can forget about the foreshadowing I just dropped. You really never studied any of this? Why would I? I'm the king? Right. Why would you? You're the king. Well, believe it or not, prophecies of the Messiah appear all throughout these scriptures. Out of Bethlehem will come one who will rule over Israel. See? A king comes to you, righteous and victorious. But I'm the king. His throne will last forever. But I'm the king. Yeah. Well, according to those magi, not for long. Let me see. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom and will crush all the other kingdoms and bring them to an end. The new king will reign forever. Hey! Okay, that's only a 500-year-old manuscript you threw into the fire. No, no great loss. Destroy every one of those documents. This has to stay a secret. Do you hear me? No one can know. Um, definitely too late for that. Everyone in Israel knows this stuff. Uh, hello! I'm the king! No other king in history has been or will ever be as famous as me! Outraged, Herod draws his sword and plunges it into the table. He wears a diabolical grin that only comes from getting a diabolical idea. <laughs> You're freaking me out. Thank you for listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Stay tuned for Episode 2, where King Herod hatches an evil scheme to get rid of the infant Messiah and the Magi's plan to stop him takes an unexpected turn. Magi and the Quest for Christmas was written and directed by Francois Goudreau with Andrew Collins and John Austin contributing to the radio play and additional story by Julia Appleton and Jay Nielsen. Original score composed by Michael Patterson and original songs provided by the band Lightheart. The production featured the voice talent of three-time Emmy Award winner Cam Cornelius, Khadija Tula, John Barker, Jacob Goudreau, Julia Appleton, Jason John Stewart as the narrator, and me, Mike Lane. To hear Magi and the Quest for Christmas again, or to hear what you missed, head to magipodcast.com. That's magi, M-A-G-I, podcast.com, where you can also see a full list of cast and crew. Or you can also find the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Your life is far from meaningless.